Thank you for tuning in to Trinity Baptist Temple's podcast. I'm Pastor Kyle Dinsmore, and I pray today's sermon is a blessing to you as you continue to seek the Lord and follow His will for your life. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact us. God bless you. In our study, we've been going through uh, the book of Luke, and it's, uh, the, the title of it is, who do, you think, uh, who do You Say That I Am? A question that Jesus had asked His followers uh, because it was very important for them to understand who he was, of course. And they answered uh, very clearly who he was to them. And that's a question that we, we looked at in this journey because it's so important for every single person on this earth to know who Jesus is and to specifically have an understanding of who he is to them. And so we've taken this journey through the book of Luke and we've enti- uh, subtitled it A Journey with Jesus because we've simply been walking verse by verse through this, th- through this ch- uh, book to get to know him if we don't have a relationship with him already, or to get to know him better through this study. And so, again, God's done some amazing things throughout this study, and we've seen some awesome things and seen some very important points. And last week was no exception. Uh, the, the two points that we saw last week, the first point was this, the gospel has and will face opposition. It will always face opposition as long as um, the enemy is in this world. Jesus was God in the flesh and who stood in the temple and he was proclaiming the good news, the Bible said. He was proclaiming the gospel and he faced opposition. Matter of fact, he faced opposition from the people who were supposed to be the religious leaders of that day. And so if our Lord was facing opposition, standing in supposedly the religious place of the day, and he, again, he faced it, then we have to understand we're going to face opposition as we try to get the good news out to uh, the lost world. And that's something that we saw last week as well. It's such an amazing thing that we, we struggle. We have opposition with good news. Like we're trying to get out the very best news that the world has ever heard. And yet it's, it's so rejected and, and people don't want to hear this good news. It's the most important, it's the greatest news on this earth that God sent his only son to die on a cross to pay for the sins of every single one of us. And he rose again the third day to give us everlasting life. And every person who would call upon the name of the Lord could be saved. That's amazing news. That's good news. And so this is a privilege we have as the people of God to get the good good news out to every single person on on this earth. But again, we face opposition in that. Jesus faced opposition, we'll face opposition. And the second point was this. Because he was facing opposition, he was challenged, the, the authority of the gospel was challenged. And we saw that the, the gospel's authority is the supreme authority, is God himself. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so this is something, again, we have to grasp, we have to understand moving forward. This is the power that God gave to the church when Jesus, and we'll see this as we get there, as Jesus gives to his followers, the church, this commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel. He gave us power from, heaven, from all heaven, all earth. God gave it to him, gave it, gave it to us. And so again, we, we have to understand this is our law. This is our call. This is our charge. This is the commission that the church has been given and we need to fulfill it. Now, this is also something we saw in, in the situation with Jesus standing in that holy or in, in the temple facing these religious leaders. It was a stressful situation. I, I don't know about you, uh, but I, I've said this many times to our church that uh, I, I try to put myself in these situations, and I, and I can't compare myself to Jesus, I can't compare myself to the Apostle Paul, I can't compare myself to any of those people, but I try to put myself in the situations uh, in, in Scripture 
and imagine what I would be thinking and what I would be doing and how I'd be feeling. Uh, and I understand that there's a completely different context because I was raised in a completely different culture than was in the, the Bible days. So maybe I would be thinking differently and feeling differently. However, I still put myself in that situation and I, I begin to think about Jesus and, and how it must have felt to have these authoritative figures, these people who were the religious leaders of the day, come to him and challenge him in front of all these other people who were supposedly seeking God themselves as well. We would call that a stressful situation, I would think. <laughs> you know, I, I would think, that, man, that would be a stressful situation. It, it's kind of like this. Has anybody in here who's been driving for an amount of time never been pulled over in your life? Never been pulled over by a police officer? Wow, that's, that's, that's good. We're all sinners. So, um, no. <laughs> but we, uh, this, this is the, 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 the truth is this. We, we, we've all had that situation where uh, you're driving along and maybe you know you're breaking the law or maybe you don't know you're breaking the law. Um, and all of a sudden you hear whoop or you hear or you see the, the lights flashing like what in the world? I, I shared this before, but there have been times in, in my youth, um, never in my adulthood, no, I'm just joking, <laughs> but um, when I have been in a hurry, and, you know, one time I shared recently about coming home after, uh, after school and trying to get, to get, get my uniform, and, and the cop was hiding behind a car and a bunch of kids, and uh, he pulled me over, and that sinking feeling, uh, same thing happened one time, I was, I was coming home, I was running late, imagine that, and um, I, I kind of did what they call a California coast, right? <laughs> Nobody does that in here either, right? Um, and I came up to the stop sign, and I just tapped my brakes, and I kind of looked both ways, made sure no one was coming, and then just turned. And conveniently enough, there's a cop somewhere I didn't see who saw me and, and pulled me over, and uh, again, that sinking feeling. We've all been in a situation where we feel like, you're sick to your stomach, stressful, I don't know what I'm going to say, I'm gonna, I don't know what I'm going to do. And again, we see this with, I think, with, with our Lord. It's a situation he's being pressured, it's a situation where, uh, you know, it, 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 it's stressful for the most part. And um, I will say there's been times that I've put my foot in my mouth. There's been times that I have um, tried to give an excuse that, you know, looking back you're like, if I was a cop, I, I would have given me a ticket, too, for saying that, you know? I mean, you just, you, you, those stressful situations, you say uh, something like that. And I think we all have been there. I think we've all been in a situation where we've been stressed, we, we, we're in a difficult situation, and we end up making a bad decision, or we end up putting our foot in our mouth, we make a mess of things. And again, today, as we're celebrating our, our, our military, celebrating our, our veterans, there's no doubt in the room full of people that have served our, our country and have been in many of those situations probably. Uh, we could go around and hear lots of stories of, of, of stressful things where you maybe made a mess of things. Um, but I, I think we see in this study what we would consider a very stressful, very difficult situation to face. And we see how our Lord responded. And again, the, the religious leaders didn't realize he was God. They didn't realize he was uh, standing before them in the flesh. He was doing all this righteous work, he was doing the kingdom work, and yet they were challenging them, challenging him, because he was impeding upon their system. He was impeding upon what they wanted, 
they had a way that they were doing things and it was working for them, it was benefiting them. And Jesus comes on the scene and it changes all that. And so they challenge him. And I want to look this morning at how he responds. In this stressful situation, in this difficult circumstance, how our Lord responds. And I think it could teach us a lot of how to live in this life, uh, both with stressful situations and with just regular daily living. So uh, let's pray and we'll get into this. Father, thank you for this time again. We thank you for the opportunity to worship you together. Thank you so much for the guests that you've brought this morning. Uh, they are truly special to us, and I pray uh, that as we center around your word now, that we focus on you, uh, that you'd be glorified, that your word goes out and it hits every single one of our hearts the way that you want it to hit it. Lord, I pray that we'd be receptive and that we'd take this message and apply it in our lives. Um, Lord, we are so thankful for our, our military uh, men and women, those who have served in the past, those who are still serving, um, the, just the overwhelming blessing it is. And we're thankful for them. I pray that you continue to bless our military and protect them. Lord, give our, our military leaders wisdom. Uh, give them protection. Give all of, all of those that are serving our nation uh, protection, Lord, and give them wisdom. And help them to do what's right. Help them to do what glorifies you as they defend our nation and accomplish uh, your will for us, God, in that regard. And so, Lord, we pray that you bless now. If there's someone here that doesn't have a personal relationship with you through Jesus Christ, God, uh, if there's someone here that they're not quite sure that heaven's going to be their eternal home, I pray before they leave this place that they'll get that matter settled, that they will make sure that they're going to heaven when they die, that they'll come forward, they'll ask somebody before they leave, they'll do whatever is necessary uh, to make sure that they'll be in heaven for all of eternity. Uh, Lord, just bless now, use me as a vessel, and we'll praise you for all this. In Jesus' name, amen. Luke chapter 20. If you have your Bibles there, if you're not, it'll be on the screen. We're going to pick back up in verse 3. It says, And he answered and said unto them, I will ask you one thing, and you answer me. So let's remember Jesus standing in the temple. The Bible says in verse 1 to 2 that he was preaching the good news, the gospel. The religious leaders come to him, and they challenge him. And so this is, they said, what, what authority are you, you preaching in? Who gives you the right? What gives you the right? Who gives you the authority to do what you're doing and say what you're saying? That's what he faced with. And so he turns around and asks them, or tells them, I'm going to ask you something, and you answer me before we get into all of this, what you're, what you're asking me about. He says, the baptism of John, was it from heaven or men? And they reason with themselves, saying, well, if we shall say it's from heaven, then he will say, well, then why believed ye him? Uh, why then believed ye, uh, believed ye him not? But if we say of men, all the people will stone us because they be persuaded that John was a prophet. And so they answered that they could not tell whence it was. And Jesus said unto them, neither tell I you by what authority I do these things. And that's, that's such an interesting thing because some people say, you know, man, Jesus, he could have said anything. I mean, he could have literally used the power that he had and spoke the words and they would have fallen over dead. I mean, he's God. He had that type of power. Um, but he, he turns this situation back around on these men for a reason. It was because they were completely missing what God was doing for them right in front of them. So he asked them this question. John's work, was it of God or was it of man? And so these religious leaders, these Pharisees, they were just thrown completely back because 
They knew all these people in, the, in this temple place, they think that John's a prophet that was from God. We've seen the things, we've heard of the things. I mean, John's a prophet. So if we say that he was of men, we're going we're gonna to be out of here. They're going to kill us. But if we say of God, then he's going to say, well, you're not believing him. And I mean, it's, it's, it's the same situation with me. And so what I see in, in Jesus' response is something very important. It's wisdom. He didn't give them an answer one way or another. He asked them a question, and he put it on them. And so point number one is this. God's wisdom is the only wisdom to rely on. We see Jesus exemplifying this in the situation because I think many of us put in this stressful situation, maybe we've responded a little bit differently. Maybe we'd be, begin, I know for me, maybe I would have felt like I needed to go back to um, you know, the, 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 the law and, and to, to bring them all the way up to the Messiah and give them this historical background of why he was standing in the place and he was the one that was being rejected. And, and I felt like, I would maybe feel like that's what I needed to do. Or maybe I would have said something foolish and messed it all up. Probably that. But we see Jesus exemplifying wisdom. You know, there's been many examples throughout our history, our nation's history, of men relying on man's wisdom and really messing things up. I mean, we look at the last, you know, eight years of our president. No, I'm just we, 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 You'll get that in a second. But we, um, no, I'm, I'm playing. We, we um, not really. Um, we, I have to be honest with you, but um, we can look throughout our nation's history and see that man has operated in his wisdom and really mess things up in a bad way. And on the flip side, we've seen leaders in our nation really do the opposite, rely or try to rely, I'm not saying they're perfect, try to rely on God's wisdom and really see God's blessings flow from that. And uh, I know the examples of man fall short, especially when we're looking at the example of Jesus Christ himself in our text. Uh, but it kind of helps us, I think, uh, uh, may bring it more to, to our love because we thank God, Jesus, he's, he's this amazing example and uh, which we should follow him regardless. He is our example. Uh, but we see this example that I'm about to share and, and it helps us that this was a man who realized he needed to rely on God's wisdom. And the example is found in President Ronald Reagan. This is what he was quoted as saying at one time. I believe with all my heart that standing up for America means standing up for the God who has so blessed our land. He went on to say, we need God's help to guide our nation through stormy seas. We can't expect him to protect America in a crisis if we just leave him over on a shelf in our day-to-day -day living. Again, that's, that's godly wisdom. That's God's wisdom saying, you know what? If it's God who raised this nation up and God who so blessed this nation, then how foolish are we to think that we can disregard that God and still experience his very best in our day-to-day -day lives, especially whenever we're going through great crisis. And so again, we see examples both of, of, of man's wisdom and it being miserable and God's wisdom uh, and God blessing that. But to understand God's wisdom and that it's the only wisdom for us to rely on takes an understanding that, that it truly is the only wisdom out there. So when we think about wisdom, we think, well, so there's these people that are smart and these people that are wise. Listen, the only true wisdom that exists on this earth is the wisdom that comes from God. 
I'm not saying there's not experiential wisdom that people, you go through something, you experience something, and then from that point forward, you know, don't put your hand on a hot stove because it's going to burn you. I mean, some people say that's common sense, but that's experiential wisdom. And so I'm not saying that that doesn't exist, but I'm saying true, solid wisdom comes from God himself. He has it. He's had it from uh, eternity, and he's the only one that can give it. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 19 says, The Lord by wisdom hath founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. And in Proverbs chapter 8, it says this, The Lord possessed me, talking of wisdom, in the beginning of his way, before his works of old. I was set up from everlasting, from beginning, from the beginning, or ever the earth was. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there was no fountains abounding with water. Before the mountains were settled, before the hills was, I brought, I brought forth. While as yet I had not made the earth, nor the fields, nor the highest part of the dust of the earth, when he prepared the heavens, I was there. He was, he, when he set a compass upon the face of the depth, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he gave to the sea his decree that the water should not pass his commandment, when he appointed the fountains of the earth, then I was by him, as one brought up with him. And I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him. Rejoicing in the habitable part of his earth, and my delights were with the sons of men. Now therefore hearken unto me, wisdom speaking, O ye children, for blessed are they that keep my ways. Hear instruction, and be wise, and refuse it not. Blessed is the man that heareth me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the post of my doors. Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 12, He that hath made the earth by his power, he hath established the world by his wisdom and hath stretched out the heavens by his discretion. So if God's wisdom is eternal, if it's that powerful, then here's the question I have for us this morning. Why do we still make a mess of things so often in our difficulties in this life? When we face stressful situations, when we go through difficult times, the stormy seas of our life, why do we still make such a mess of things? If God's wisdom is eternal, if it's that powerful, if it's available, why do we make such a mess of things? One of the reasons why I believe we stick our foot in our mouths, we mess things up when we face these difficult, intense situations, is that reliance on man's wisdom. Fleshly wisdom versus godly wisdom. Here's a little bit of a picture of what fleshly or earthly man's wisdom looks like. In James chapter 3, verse 14, it says, But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. Because that wisdom doesn't come from above. It's earthly, it's sensual, and it's devilish. For where envying, envying and strife is, there's confusion in every evil work. So man's wisdom, earthly wisdom, fleshly wisdom looks a certain way. It's full of envy, it's full of strife. We'll see of that in just a second. That's earthly wisdom. But someone might ask, okay, so what does God's wisdom look like? And how do I get it? And most importantly, why should I have it? We've already seen we make a mess of things, but let's look at what God's word says about wisdom. What it is, how to get it, and why we should have it. First of all, what does it look like? James chapter 3 Verse 17, it go, goes on in that chapter, it says, But the wisdom that's from above is first pure, 
Then peaceable and gentle and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. And listen to what it says. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. In other words, peace is the seed sown that yields a harvest of righteousness. The truly wise person is a man of peace or a person of peace. So, okay, that's what it is. That's what it looks like. It's, it's, it's all these things. How do I get it? How do I get God's wisdom? If, if, if God's wisdom is the only true wisdom and, and, it, and it's so important, it helps us in this life, how do I get it? First of all, ask. The Bible says we're to ask for wisdom if we lack it. In James chapter 1, verse 5, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally, and he abradeth not. In other words, he doesn't chastise us when we ask him for wisdom. And it shall be given to him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. In other words, when we go to God and say, God, I need your wisdom, we need to be absolutely confident, trusting that God alone can give us the wisdom that we need. We don't need to think, okay, I'm going to go and check with God about this, and then I'm going to go check with the internet about this. You know, I'm going to... No, we need, we need to trust God's wisdom because he supplies wisdom and he gives it to us. The Bible says liberally, he gives us everything that we need, but we've got to ask in faith. Not doubting, not wavering, not trusting God and something, but trusting God alone. And so we need to ask for God's wisdom to get it. The second thing is this, we've got to seek it. We've got to seek God's wisdom. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 2, my son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thy heart to understanding. Yea, listen, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for hid treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord giveth wisdom. Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous, and he's a buckler to them that walk uprightly. In Proverbs chapter 4, it says this, Get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not, neither decline from the, wor uh, from the words of my mouth, forsake her not, and she, not, she shall preserve thee, love her, and she shall keep thee. Verse 7, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she shall promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor when thou dost embrace her. She shall give to thine head an ornament of grace. A crown of glory shall she deliver to thee. So if we want God's wisdom, and we realize, okay, this is the only wisdom, the true wisdom, the wisdom that's really going to help me in my life. We need to ask God, God, give me your wisdom. I need your wisdom in this situation. I need your wisdom in my life. But we also need to seek it. We need to seek it from God as it was something very valuable. Well, where do you find God's wisdom? Where, how do you seek God's wisdom? In his word. So it doesn't just have, sometimes we think, well, I, I just think that, that, that God just rains it down in, in my life. Well, I think God can give wisdom, but his wisdom comes from his word. And his spirit uses the wisdom of the, the, the instruction in his word to give us that wisdom that we need in our life. But it's found in his word. You're not going to know the wisdom of God unless you're in the word of God. That's where it's found. 
So say, I want, I want to be wise in my life. I want to make wise decisions. I want to have that crown of grace. And I, 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 want, to, I want to be clothed with the, the honor. I want, I want to have uh, the blessing of God on my life. And in order to do that, I've got to have God's wisdom. And in order to have God's wisdom, I've got to ask for it. And I've got to seek it. I've got to be daily seeking God's wisdom in his word. And then the third thing is this. How to get it? Ask, seek, and fear. Fear. Now this is not the fear like we were trying to, like some people were trying to strike in other people last Tuesday night. It's not that kind of fear. Like scare somebody, uh, you know, people, uh, you know, do these haunted houses and stuff. And, and, and the whole point is to, to scare somebody. Uh, that's not what we're talking about. The, the, the Bible's talking about fear. The word fear here is a reverence, a holy, uh, uh, an awful dread of a holy God. It's this absolute trembling reverence for God and his holiness, his person, his way, his word, everything. And so when we fear God, we respect him, we reverence him, we, we, we look to him, we, we submit ourselves to him. It's that fear that brings about wisdom. And it says in Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the holy is understanding. The word here, uh, many scholars try to say that uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Uh, they say that it's the pre prerequisite for it. Um, where it's different in the beginning, uh, the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. A little bit different wording they say. And so um, regardless, to have God's wisdom, we've got to regard God. We've got to fear God. We've got to respect God. We've got to yield ourselves in that respect to God. It's because that's what these Pharisees were missing when they came to God and said, hey, tell us about what authority you have. They weren't respecting God. They weren't fearing God. They had a pseudo fear. They were, they were pretending to respect God. They were pretending outwardly to have this reverence for God and things of God. But in their lives and their hearts, they didn't have respect for God. They were challenging him to his very face there in the temple. Tell us about what authority. And so for us to have wisdom, we've got to ask God, we've got to seek it, seek it daily in his word. And we've also got to be willing to humbly bow our lives before him in reverence and fear. But why should we have it? We've talked a little bit about already, what is it going to benefit you? What, what is it going to benefit me? Why should we have this wisdom that's the only true wisdom on this earth? God's wisdom. Number one, it gives us discretion. Discretion. Proverbs chapter 2 verse 10 says, When wisdom entereth into thine heart, and knowledge is pleasant to thy soul, discretion shall preserve thee. And that's where we all mess up in this life. That discretion, that, that, that determination of whether to do this or do that. Whether we're going to rely on God's wisdom or man's wisdom. That discretion of what way to go. And it says when, when wisdom comes and invades your life and you're relying completely on God's wisdom, that, that factor, that, that little thing that's inside of you that says do this and not that, that discretion is going to be what protects you because of the godly wisdom inside you. That's what it says, discretion shall preserve thee. So I don't know about you, but man, if, if somebody can lay it out every single thing in my life, say do this and not that, do this and not that, Go here, not there. It, it, that would be amazing, right? Every day you got up, all right, here's a difficult situation. Do this, don't do that. That would be amazing, right? No, I'm the only one that wants that. Yeah, 
I, I, that would be awesome. Again, we face these difficult situations. Maybe it's at work. Maybe it's with our family. We say, I just don't know. This is, hard. This is a hard decision. And sometimes we say, I'm going to go talk to this, my Sunday school teacher. I'm going to go talk to the pastor. I'm going I'm to go seek godly counsel. That's a good thing to do too. But it would be amazing if we got up and we just maybe had this list of all the things that we're going to encounter in our life, the decisions that we're going to have to make, the really hard ones. And we were given this list. These are the right decisions. These are the wrong decisions. You know, praise God. That's like a cliff notes or something of life. That would be great. But how we get that is God's wisdom entering into our life, giving us the discretion to help us make the right decisions. Number two, similar to that is protection and deliverance. Proverbs chapter 2, the last part of verse 11 says, Understanding shall keep thee or guard thee. And verse 12 says, To deliver thee from the way of the evil man. To deliver thee from the evil path. And so when we get knowledge, or we get wisdom, it gives us the discretion, the ability to make a right decision. Not only that, it protects us. It delivers us from the evil one, from, from the enemy, and from the evil way. Because we're able to make those right decisions and go the way of God. And then thirdly is blessings. Blessings. I don't, we've talked about this recently. Every single one of us want that, that life every day that we would call perfect. I mean, if we're, on, if we're honest with ourselves, that's what we want. Nobody wants to wake up and have a problem that day. Nobody does. Nobody wants to get up and say, I... I'm feeling like today should probably, I'm feeling, I, I'm in the mood for having a stressful day at work. <laughs> today is probably the day I'm actually feeling my kids giving me a problem before school. I, I, I'm, I'm up for it. I'm, I'm game. Let's do it, you know. No, none of us do that. All of us get up every morning, and the first thing that we probably are, are, we, we are thankful of the blessing, yet we don't maybe give God the thanks for, is we open our eyes and we breathe. Hey, that's a good thing. It's a, that's a good start to the day. But then how's it go from there? We want our joints and our muscles and everything not to hurt, right? We, we, we want to be able to just uh, get in there and, and you know, kind of hear the, whatever it is that we love to hear, the sound of birds singing or absolute silence or or, or whatever, just a magical experience as we're getting ready for work and there's no problem with the spouse and there's no problem with the kids. And man, we feel like a, a million bucks and, 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 and we know that there's no problems with our finances or our bills or nothing to repair. No problem. We want the perfect day. Everybody's in there. Man, I would just want one day like that. Uh, that's what I'm saying. If, if we could have it our way as comfortable creatures, and honestly, I'm just going to be honest about all of us, as spoiled people, we, we would want every day like that. I say, Here, here's your option. You can have normal days like everybody, or you can have a perfect day every day. Like, I will take the perfect day every day. Thank you. But that's, that's what we, we want. But the Bible says one of the benefits or why we should have wisdom is there are blessings that flow only from having God's wisdom. So look what it says in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 13. Happy is the man, blessed is the man that findeth wisdom. So I want to be blessed in my life, every single day of my life. The Bible says, 
that you will be blessed if you find God's wisdom and the man that getteth understanding. For the, listen to this. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver and the gain thereof than fine gold. She's more precious than rubies and all the things, listen to this statement, that thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. Wow. If, if we were, listen, we were inviting people today as a special day, we want to celebrate our veterans, and I promise you this, if we said we are going to hand out $100,000 to every single guest that comes to our church today, I promise you there would be a line down Bowes Road and there would be no room in this place anymore. Because we, we think, man, the value of riches in this world is, is so important, it's so great, it's so, man, to have money, you could do whatever, but that's the lie of the enemy. Because look at how many rich people are miserable in their lives. I'm not saying it's wrong to have money. But I'm saying it just doesn't give you what the deceit of riches promises you. And that's why it's called the deceit of riches. But it says this, that there's nothing that you could desire material-wise that can even compare to wisdom. Nothing. So all the things that, can be compared, uh, that can, you can desire cannot be compared to her. And then even further, look what it says as we, we're about to close. It says this, Length of days is in her right hand, and in her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are the ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She's a tree of life unto them that lay hold upon her, and happy is everyone that retaineth her. Again, I don't know about you, but that sounds like a perfect life. That sounds, if you're going, now it doesn't say that everything in your life you're going to be without sorrows. It doesn't say anything about that, but it says that you'll be happy, that you'll, 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 you'll have pleasantness in your, in your ways, that length of days, all these things come from wisdom. But here's the amazing thing about it. Those are not the things that you're to seek. It's wisdom that you're to seek. And see, that's, that's where a lot of people get it wrong. They, they're, they're wanting to seek these things and they miss the whole point of living this life in a relationship with the Lord. And they miss his wisdom along the way that enables you to stay in a happy place, or in a joyful place that helps you to have the right perspective even when they say cancer, even when they say, I'm sorry, it's over. It, it enables you to have everything that you need regardless of what you face in this life. It comes from wisdom, it comes from God's wisdom. And so that's why it says there's nothing that can be compared to having her. In Proverbs chapter 9, verse 11, For by me thy days shall be multiplied, and the years of thy life shall be increased. So think about what it said if you have wisdom, godly wisdom. It's valuable. It's precious. It's rare. Long life, pleasantness, a peaceful life, happiness and joy. As our musicians make their way, we're not going to be able to get to point two this morning. But I'll, I want to challenge you this morning just with this first point. God's wisdom is the only wisdom to rely on. Is that what you're relying on? Is that how you're living your day? Maybe you're here this morning and, and you're facing difficulty in your, in, in your job you're stressed out about it. Maybe you're having difficulty in your finances. You say, I don't know what to do. 
Maybe it's in a relationship. I don't, I don't know how to handle this. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's just something. Maybe it's a, a health situation. And you say, I just don't know how to deal with this. What do I do? Well, you need God's wisdom to help you through it. To, to know what the right thing to do is, to, make, to, to know what the right decision is, you've got to have God's wisdom. Because it has all those things that it says that it has. Discretion, protection, deliverance. All the blessings that, that follow along with having God's wisdom. But remember, there's only certain ways that we can get God's wisdom. We've got to ask Him. We've got to seek and maybe some of, one of the hardest things for us to do is we've got to fear him. We've got to so reverence God that we say, God, I don't know everything. And my ways aren't better than your ways. And my wisdom falls so short of yours. So I need you. I reverence you. God, I know one day I'm going to stand before you and give an account of my life to you. And so I rely on you. I'm trusting in you and your wisdom, and I need it. If you're facing something in your life that's difficult, a difficult situation, a difficult circumstance, a stressful, you need God's wisdom. And so this morning, I want to encourage you to seek it. I want to encourage you to ask for it. Maybe you come down to this altar, and you're dealing with something, you say, God, I just need your wisdom. And don't come down this altar, just ask it and don't seek it because you got to seek it too. you got to seek him in his word to find that wisdom. But I encourage you to do that. And the last thing is, maybe you're here and maybe you're like the religious people that challenged Jesus. You thought that you were okay, you were kind of doing your own thing. And Jesus, his ways, the gospel impedes on your life it 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 it, it kind of makes you uh, i don't like i don't want to have to give my life to i don't want to have to follow jesus and maybe you're here like that or maybe not maybe you you think you're okay somebody would say hey if you were to die today do you know where you're going to spend eternity maybe you're here and you would say i don't know where i'm going to spend eternity I, i'm begging you i'm begging you from the bottom of my heart to please come when we pray and open up this invitation. And we'll have a couple of people down here. If you're a lady and you want to talk to a lady, we can get a lady. But please don't leave this place with that question still in your mind. I don't know where I'm going to go when I die. Get that matter settled today. Make sure that you know that heaven's going to be your home. The Bible says that there's only one way to heaven, and it's through Jesus Christ. And it's not through coming to church. It's not through doing good things. It's not through being a religious person like we saw these people challenging Jesus were. It's through a personal, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ through faith. And so I'm begging you to at least come and let someone show you in his word, God's word. Don't take my word for it. Let, let, let them show you in God's word and you decide for yourself. We're not going to force you to do anything, do anything weird. We're simply going to show you God's word and you make a choice. But I, I beg you to, to, to at least give it that opportunity. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word again. Thank you for the wisdom that you give us, God. I can't imagine what it looks like from your perspective, God. There's, I could never imagine that. Lord, we make such a mess of things in this life. 
We rely on our own wisdom. We do our own things so often and it just messes things up. And this morning I pray that we would see the importance of having your wisdom in our life. God, that we would see that you made it available to us, but that we would ask for it, we would seek it. And Lord, that we'd reverence you above all to have it. Lord, I, I don't know the, the state of everyone here. Lord, I don't know who, who all is, is saved, who may be lost, but you do, God. And if there's somebody here that's never given their life to you, they've never trusted you for salvation, Lord, I pray you'd move them in this invitation and they would come forward and they would make that decision. And that way they would know for all of eternity they're gonna be in heaven. They would never have to worry about a place reserved for your enemy, Satan. That's called hell. They would never have to spend one moment there because they have a relationship with you. And I pray you just move now and we'll praise you for all you do in Jesus' name.